We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm the cute one, Alex Gibson, alongside the Rebels, Chris Scott Moore, and the shy one, Sean Nash. What's going on, guys? Wow. Put yourself Man. over. Hello, hello. We're on the cover of Team Beat with these personas. I love it. <laughs> I, uh, I actually originally was just going to call Sean the second best mustache on the show. So, shy one is a... Up, I feel like. Yeah, no yeah. one's beating you today, Gomez Adams. Jeez, he's shaved for a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, I look like Geraldo Rivera. Uh, <laughs> Sean, it's good to have you back. Uh, it's good for good us to, to be, be back. back. Good to be back. Uh, we've, we've got a packed show. Before we get to that, please check out our Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast, as well as our wrestling or website, sorry, uh, WrestlingElitist.com for our latest match reviews and articles. Uh, I believe this week we'll probably also be doing some sort of a bonus preview for Full Gear. We didn't talk Fuck about yeah. that before the show, but I'm Ooh, yeah. just going rogue and saying that. Uh, Sean, why don't you please go ahead and run down the plan for today's show? Uh, you did a great job last week. Thank you for stepping in there. <laughs> uh, but we will always hit you with our news, match, moment, cringes from the week, along with what we're looking forward to, and some extra hitters from the wrestling world. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, the extras this week, which it feels like is more and more, but I like that. It's a nice little change of pace. It's getting um, fun. And it's always good to have more to talk about. So let's jump right into it. Uh, let's go, Sean. Why don't you uh, start us off with your news of the week? There's nothing I love more than a rampage I do not have to stay up late for, and that's exactly what we're getting on Black Friday next Friday with a 4 p.m. bell time. That's perfect. You can be sitting down. Recovering from your 10K, I should say my 10K, after watching the Bills just get destroyed by my Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. <laughs> some some leftover turkey, and finally the Godfather's over, and there's Rampage for you on TNT. That's that's perfect. Love it. Don't forget, you don't need to change your, your DVRs, but just be ready at 4 p.m. on Black Friday. Yeah, I think that that's uh, optimal for us. Obviously, a 4 p.m. time slot on Friday, typically probably not going to give them a great uh, review or rating, but absolutely love that for a lazy Friday after recovering from, from, you know, double Thanksgiving on Thursday with, you know, different sides of the family, Mm. uh, Mm. getting a workout in, and Mm. just the next day sulking after uh, spending a lot of money on MeUndies and other uh, deals that I've been waiting on all all year. So there you uh, go. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that they don't just mail it in though. I feel like this is a perfect time slot for a mailed in rampage. Oh yeah, they need to show out. This like everyone's kind of hopefully everyone's got Black Friday off. It's a it's a wonderful holiday, wonderful holiday season. Really show out for this. Get the viewers that's I think they're they're moved for NHL. So you know what? Get those boys. They love to watch some fights. Let's have some good fights. I don't know. They're going up against Iowa versus Nebraska. Oh, that's <laughs> the true Midwesterners will not be tuning in. Battle the of Big corn. Ten West comes down to that. <laughs> Battle of corn. <laughs> Chris, what was your uh, news of the week? Yeah, this is cool. MJF is going to be in the Von Erich movie, The Iron Claw, and he's going to play uh, fictional Von Erich, Lance Von Erich. So I think that's going to be a great role for him. Uh, for those of you that are unaware or uninitiated to this story. So Lance Von Erich was a fake Von Erich brother. He actually wasn't part of the family after David Von Erich died. And then I think Mike at this point was still alive, but just dealing with brain damage from toxic shock syndrome. Uh, their loving father, who was the dad of the year and just a real ethical man, uh, decided to bring in um, some like guy to be like another Von Eric brother. And it was kind of like the equivalent of like on a sitcom, if like David Spade's, you know, holding out on a bigger contract and all of a sudden they bring in like fucking 
Rob Schneider back from the Navy, who's going <laughs> to run the bar now on the sitcom. Like that was kind of the equivalent. And he was like a football star in Texas. So all like the local Texas fans were like, what the fuck? And like hated it. And then they never like did an angle out of him being phony too. So he's like kind of just this like monster figure in the lore of world class. So it'll be a perfect role for MJF. And it's cool to see him get uh, his shot in Hollywood. I think he's going to be, awesome the thing i was fucking bitter about though like that was always my dream one of my dreams in life was to be able to be an actor who always plays like the dick in a movie like that guy i thought you're gonna say a wrestler oh no i want to do that fuck that i don't want to play a wrestler like the guy who (laughs) only have a wrestling elitist podcast i don't want to do that it'd be weird no but the guy who um he was in like Karate Kid and then he was in like Back to School and then he was in like some other like teen movie. The guy who had like blonde hair, just kind of a dick. Like, I would love to be one of those guys that's like, meet you at the yacht club at noon. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. someone just to be yeah, like, like that. the bully from Boy Meets World. Yeah, like mm. one of those like oh douches. Like, and that would be so awesome if like that's what MJF's film career is. It's just every movie he's like the sniveling accountant or like the mean spirited. You know, HR person. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's really. Fun. I. I'm. I'm excited for it, and I think you know there was a lot of rumors that MJF wanted to go Hollywood. I think it makes sense, and I think as you look at wanting to make AEW a bigger presence, wanting it to you know be seen at the same level as WWE, you need to start having people that are seen in Hollywood and everything like that because. Whether we as fans think that it really matters or not, it does. It gets eyes on the product. It gets people believing that, oh, these people are real superstars too. Because uh, I think I'm actually kind of stealing this little line right here from uh, Scott, one of our uh, friend of the pod who's on Twitter as well. Um, He had recently said that WWE spent 20 years after WCW went out of business convincing everybody that wrestling in WWE was a synonymous term. It's like, you know, Kleenex and tissue, right? Like you have to, you have to break people's mind to that because every time someone hears that i like wrestling they go oh you mean like wwe nobody says oh you mean like new japan pro wrestling or uh, GCW. like cmll uh, pancreas <laughs> like gcw uh, that'd be wild if that was somebody's first like oh you mean like game changer <laughs> wrestling so i'm happy to see it i'm happy to see uh you know mjf getting a little bit of shine and um and a little bit chance for uh you know AEW to maybe get a little bit out of this because people are we're already seeing all the photos circulate of how fucking jacked Zach Efron is. Uh, That's crazy. He looks don't like don't, str- don't so strange. Yeah, don't bring your uh, significant other to go see that movie because Zach Efron's going to make us all look bad. Yeah, even with a terrible haircut. Uh, <laughs> my my news of the week was uh, something that we've been asking for a month and a half at this point. Is Bandito all elite or is he not? He officially is. He got the banner. He had some wholesome tweets about how happy he was about people liking the photo of his banner. And uh, we're, I'm just excited about it. I think I read something about how he kind of chose it because of the uh, kind of work-life balance. The fact that he'd be around his family a little bit more and doesn't have to move to Florida. Who wants to? And so I'm um, yeah. excited for uh, seeing kind of, you know, where he goes. He's obviously in the All-Atlantic uh, title or not. Sorry, not the All-Atlantic title hunt. He's in the um, the Eliminator tournament right now. So worthwhile uh, one. excited to uh, kind of see what they do with him. Tony, I know he gets a lot of flack for signing people and then being relegated to dark. I think if you actually look at the stars that he signed over the last year, that's not really the case other than Athena 
Popovich. Um, I think she's kind of starting to build a character, which she didn't have when she first came to AEW. She was kind of just a person who used to be Athena or used to be Ember Moon. So um, I'm excited to see it. I know there's a lot of skepticism. I know that there's you know already limited amount of time on AEW television, but if anybody's deserving of some of that time, it's Bandito. I love it. I mean, if they do the ROH streaming deal, maybe that's where you put him, but I think he could be on the main roster of AEW, especially with with Andrade's status kind kind of being like, what? Yeah. Um, fills that void, if you will. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it, man. He's great. A good luchador to add to the mix of Phoenix and Penta. That's That'll be some perfect matches, such a good uh, high-flying style. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also he's got a unique Lucha style because of how strong he is. I mean, him versus Cesaro. Can you imagine them in like a best of seven series? Just the feats of strength that you could get out of them. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited guys. for it. All. Um, but uh, let's move to our match of the week. Sean, what, uh, what was your favorite match? I got sold strictly from the finishing move. Uh, all ego Ethan Page defeating Eddie yeah. Kingston. That ego's edge, razor's edge, uh, avalanche, avalanche, ego's edge. Yeah. That was that was fantastic. That takes a ton of strength, balance, and talent from Ethan Page. And something we don't normally get to see is a win from Ethan Page. That's awesome. He needs more TV time. Uh, last week, if I was here, I definitely would have predicted this going the other way. With Eddie Kingston, the the fan favorite, taking a win. But good to see, and it kind of sets up. Uh, the, the match with bandito as we were just saying he has signed with aew so that'll be cool um hopefully we just get more ethan page it wasn't a great match but it was just a fun fun ending some good work on the back and i hope we see more ethan page winning matches yeah i think uh, ethan has been somebody who's been laying in wait for uh, a good chance uh, on te- television to show what he can do that was insane. I was thinking the whole time that they weren't actually going to do it. It was just going to be a tease for that finisher. I can't believe that they actually did it. That's a terrifying bump to take. I yeah. don't trust a single person on this earth enough to do that to me. So um, mm-hmm. credit to those two for pulling it off. Um, you know, the firm is kind of lame to me for the most part, but I love <gasps> anything Ethan Page does. Fellow body guy. And um, oh, I'm excited God. to see him versus Bandito. Chris, did you have any thoughts on it? No, I liked it. I I just thought it was good that they used such a big move to beat Eddie Kingston down because then it made fans go, okay, well, he got soundly defeated. You can't complain in a weird way because everyone does love Eddie. So it was a good way to like let him get defeated and still give him credibility in a backwards kind of way. Absolutely. What was your match of the week, Chris? Oh, mine was Danielson versus Sammy. Uh, I wasn't really thinking it was going to be the match of the week. And then it just more momentum came up and came up. Um, I think Sammy did like what that standing, the 450, whatever the fuck off the top rope to the outside. Then in the inside, he did a, uh, a DDT. That was great. Danielson reversed a cutter attempt into like an arm bar. That's what they got into the finish with some striking elbows. Sammy escaped that. And then he did his, uh, Jeff Hardy swanton bombish thing and then Danielson just kind of took him home with some submissions from there um, a lot of heat in this match I was not again as into it going in it uh, into it initially I didn't really go for the two out of three falls you know yeah. shtick and uh, certainly like it just didn't seem like they had mm-hmm. enough time to do that and it was like oh why do that gimmick match just have a rematch um, and then they did the traditional thing of burning through falls real quickly but it ended really hot and it was a good match it was my favorite match of the week 
That was such a silly thing to add on. Of course, it was my favorite match of the week. That's the one I selected. <laughs> Just so you know, my name's Chris. Yeah, that was a good, good conclusion. Um, I, uh, In conclusion, I, I just finished my sentence. I, uh, I, I thought it was a good match, and I think that it was a good reminder to me that Sammy is really good, and I just have this negative feeling on him right now where I, I do think that they need to just they need to repurpose him, repackage him. He's too talented just to let him just be this like kind of go away heat guy because we were talking yeah. about it in the in the group chat. You talked about it just now. Like I didn't even watch it live. Like it, when the main event came on, I just turned off the TV and went to bed. And I typically wouldn't do that for a dynamite show, but I just Sammy just doesn't do anything for me that's worth right now watching. But then when every time I watch it, I, it ends up being good but I'm just so kind of burnt out on whatever his character is. And it's not about the stuff with Tay Mello or any of that. I don't care. It's just strictly his character just is so to me and it doesn't do anything for me. And I see all these people are like, Oh, he's a heel and you don't like him. It sounds like he's doing his job. No, he's not. Cause I turned off the TV when he came on. So I would really like to see him get repackaged in some sort because he's so good. I hate that I turned off the TV when Mm-mm. it was going to be him versus Danielson, one of the best wrestlers in the world. It felt like it gave some legitimacy to want to see him in the match on Saturday with for the ROH title. Otherwise, it just seems like he did not fit in that situation at all. But yeah, you said it best. It just He has such a, a personality that makes you hate him, but he has a great working ability to really put you in awe. Yeah, absence makes a heart grow fonder, I think. And with his issues, um, I think it is hard to separate them a little bit because it's been part of his online persona um, with the back silly back and forth with Andrade and Eddie. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed he, he just seems like he's a young kid. And then again, you find out that he's like 42. You're like, what the fuck? Are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, you know, but, you know. yeah, he'd be the older oh, brother yeah. in this band this boy band so (laughs) the dickhead (laughs) i think part of it too is do you remember when when the shield broke up and you still saw for two three years roman reigns coming out in the shield gear to the shield music through everything like he just looked like he was still a part of the shield and that's sammy like still comes out in the inner circle biker jacket there's no reason for it there i think that he just needs to be completely broken off of that and that's part of the problem. And then also like this, just the fact that he was a part of the inner circle and then he's kind of like a quasi member of the Jericho appreciation society. Just do a clean break. Let him, let him be his own thing at this point. Um, but my match of the week, going back to my news of the week being bandito is all elite. It was bandito versus Roosh. Um, I, there wasn't anything spectacular about this match. And funny enough, I think I kind of complained about them having this match as the, uh, as their, as like the first round of the, uh, tournament just because Bandito and Roosh are, you know, former ROH guys would have rather see them face some newer talent in AEW that they wouldn't have been exposed to. But, you know, starting off pretty hot with Roosh attacking Bandito before the even match started um, and just kind of getting that fast pace. I love that style. Um, my only complaint really about the match was the Dark Order being in- involved. I know Preston Vance is in his whole thing with um, Rouge and Jose, the assistant who Jose, by the way, was really funny in that backstage promo on Wednesday. Yes. He was hilarious. Um, but I just, I, I'm over the dark order and, uh, I'm just ready to see them not involved in anything that's on main television. I think that 
there was a time where they were really relevant, even post Brody, where like there was something like wholesome about them and you still kind of like, like cared to see them. But at this point, they Daddy don't do no. anything really for me. I think John, John Silver kind of jumped the shark in terms of what's funny about him. He like it just doesn't do anything for me at this point. And I just hope that they're nowhere near Bandito long term. Yeah, this whole Preston Vance and Rouge thing is just like, why do you care about a guy who loses all the time? How could you have a crush on someone like that? Like, it's just it's so weird to like slobber all over a guy who doesn't do anything or win. He's what the fuck? And this storyline was still going on. And then the distraction roll up finish. It was they had so much good things going in, like in ring. That was awesome about the match. And then it had too much silly stuff on the outside. And like you said, John Silver is. like speaking of shitty sitcoms, he seems like he'd be like the wacky mechanic, you know, or like the, you know, the, the Idaho neighbor teacher on the yeah. <laughs> Sean, did you have any thoughts on the match? Oh, no, I'm I'm ready to see Dark Order relegated to to dark and elevation just as well. Yeah, um, AEW Dark Order. That's where they belong. It's set named for them. Uh, moment of the week to nobody's surprise. We all had the same one. Let's start with it. Big cat is all elite. Hell yeah. MJF's promo on, uh, pardon my take. What were your thoughts, Sean? Uh, we're practically colleagues now with our, our heroes. It's awesome. Uh, MJF on, on part of my take. That was such a cool little throw too. it pre, uh, provided some like real life context with the setting, just not being in the ring, not being in the backstage, not being Renee being, uh, I mean, hopefully what we're going to hear on Wednesday when you listen to part of my take, uh, awesome little just kind of video capture of the podcast really kind of sold it as he was staring into the camera plenty of times he's had his spotlight stolen from him but he's he still shines just like that diamond ring on his hand <clears throat> really uh he really knows how to make you feel and kind of got me thinking that he actually will win this match in almost in a clean way but as soon as he brought up that diamond ring and william regal i, I feel like there's going to be some nefarious shit and i i think we see that title change chris what were your thoughts I loved it. I thought it was one of his, like, again, promos of the year. If he didn't have the resume that he built up already in 2022, I think we would call this the best promo of the year. Um, there should be something that gets circulated to wrestling trainees because it was just so succinct and he managed to capture so much in just what, three minutes, four minutes, able to sell the storyline, able to put John Moxley over, able to put this disbelief of, is he going to turn? Is he not going to turn involving William Regal involving the prop? Um, and then bringing up just naturally funny stuff that like a smart fan would know about the Cody tattoo and CM Punk's gripe bomb. I mean, there's so many clever things that he was able to put in there. And then, he's making his case, which I thought was cool of like, no, I'm a generational talent. I want wrestling to be fucking sweet again. And I'm the guy that can do it. And he's mm-hmm. very believable as that person selling you that. And so it brings in a lot of mystique into this match. I know it's kind of the anniversary, but this was sort of the feeling that I had as a kid going into Sean versus Brett at survivor series 97 of like, I know shit's happening behind the scenes. I know Brett's leaving, but I don't know what the fuck they're going to do to resolve this. And they're selling it as the last time Uh, they're selling this as a historical thing and you don't know what to predict. And it just is a good, I don't know what's going to happen. I want to buy the show. And that's the best thing you can ask for as a wrestling fan. Yeah, sometimes AEW just fucking nails it. And this is one of the times that they did. And, totally. you know, 
first of all, I, I think it's not too difficult to nail it when you give Max the, the kind of the keys, right? He's just fucking phenomenal. Nobody can touch him. He understands everything, like you said, about selling a match, selling who his opponent is, but then also cutting him down at the same time and kind of, you know, selling who each of their characters are, all of that. Absolutely phenomenal. I love that AEW utilized Barstool Sports here. I think with Eric Canardini recently leaving the WWE board, them sneaking in and all of a sudden just being the wrestling brand that Barstool Sports works with is super smart. Um, you know, take get get that fan base, the younger fan base that's into that, into AEW, and then you build Huge. lifelong fans, hopefully, right? And I think that um, just everything that he said, there was nothing... It, it continues to be where everything that MJF says, none of it's none of it's false. Tell me the lie. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm I'm excited to see where everything goes. I'm excited for just a give me a fucking two year MJF title run at this point. He's mm-hmm. so good. Ooh. And also I'm like I'm actually kind of bummed that I'm I'm pretty sure that Ricky Starks is going to be winning the uh, the invitational thing for uh, I can't I can't remember what they call it the Eliminator tournament for the title, I don't even necessarily want them to start MJF's first feud being with Ricky because I want Ricky to have a legit chance at winning because those two talking against each other is going to be phenomenal. I think they're two of the better talkers. I think MJF actually probably still would make Ricky look a little bit like a rookie out there in terms of that just because he's so above and beyond everybody else. But I loved it. I watched it three or four times and for you know a four-minute promo to like be able to hold my attention uh, that many times, I think it, it just speaks volumes. It's something that, like you said, should be shown in wrestling schools for years to come. So uh, I put this in my article too, not to interrupt, but like, I, I, I do think he is the best promo of all time. I agree. Like, I don't okay. think that's, I think he's better than Rick and dusty and Hogan and anyone else. I just, the, what he's capable of pulling off, um, who it speaks to, how entertaining it is, how it, um, feeds into smart fandom, but it also doesn't like expose things. And and it's not so inside baseball. Um, It just caters to everyone. There's so many layers to what he does and he's so naturally talented. It doesn't miss a beat. Like he's, it's, it's, it's insane how much um, it's flawless, everything that he does. And this year has been incredible. Like just for a year's timeline of like the stuff that he's done, it is revolutionary. So I hope he gets the belt because look what we could have for the next couple of years. I mean, that if like, like if that's AEW show, holy fuck. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, I think what's incredible about him is that one of the things we always disliked about WWE for the last few years, I'd say not so much now because it's clear that they're getting a little bit more leeway with everything that they're saying is that there, everything was too scripted. MJF somehow manages to never veer off of the path. Like he, he never is self-serving in his promos. Everything always has a point. He's never, he's never breaking the heel character for some, you know, to get a little bit of a cheer for himself. Like if he's doing that, he's doing it in character and everything he does is so perfect that you would think that it's perfectly scripted out, but it comes off as him speaking from the heart. And that's, what's so amazing about him to me is that, it's so flawless. Meanwhile, Jeff Jarrett stumbles over his words more than I do on an episode of this fucking show in a two minute promo. Like it's just incredible. He is it's all it once in a life. Sorry. Yeah, and it's sad to think too, like I like I know he 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 leans into will he go to WWE and 
money's huge and that plays a lot in it and you can't shame someone for wanting to make a lot of money whatever but um god damn i would hate to see like him in wwe and then like poop falls off the roof or something or like that's you know <laughs> or like a celebrity comes in and pulls his pants down or big dick johnson grinds on him just some of the dumb stupid shit yeah. that they'll just trot out every once in a while or like someone makes him eat dog food or like baron oh corbin makes him look stupid like uh I just don't want to see that happen to him. I like the fact that he has full reign over what he's doing. It, it's so sad to think that those are actually all storylines and happenings that. Yeah. That wasn't happen. you just pulling ideas out of your ass. <laughs> shitty ideas. No. That's actually <laughs> their shitty ideas. Yeah. That's, uh, well, that's, speaking of that's them like rewriting the show and then like, Oh my God, let's do that. At like Monday <laughs> at seven o'clock. That's what's terrifying. It's like, they thought like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, scrap everything. We got to have dog food. Fall from the sky. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, speaking of bad ideas, let's move into our cringe of the week. Sean. Ooh. Me. My cringe was the Dr. Britt Baker DMD segment with Soraya that Soraya Soraya whatever it is I I can't even begin to to desire it uh I cannot continue to hear her say this is her house especially to the the woman who basically has been the women's division since the inception of AEW it's so bad it just feels like a retread of her WWE days and it's something that we haven't totally seen with a lot of the people from who have jumped ship from WWE with Jericho and Danielson. You don't really feel their same old characters like you do with her just trying to put the, put the paint back on and look just like her old self. I'm sick of it. I'm over it. I can't help but think that the sounds like the crowds can't really figure out who to cheer for when she's not really who I think anyone wants at this point in time. Yeah, I feel bad because there's a part of me that wants to root for her comeback to her. Like she did say, you know, she went through a lot of things in public, was embarrassed in public, went through drug addiction with all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I just don't think that it's that exciting. I think that there was there's there's more exciting, you know, people that we would have wanted to see come back and AJ Lee, Sasha Banks, you know, something like that. Whereas Soraya kind of she kind of burnt a lot of a lot of you know people's goodwill good race yeah goodwill where it was just so many things where it's, it's how i would feel about punk at this point where i'm like you're when are you when's the next thing gonna happen um i know there's also like a lot of controversy over her um her boyfriend or fiance um who also does her song and she's like kind of taunted people who are complaining about yeah. that uh, as soon as as soon as she debuted so it's like once again like the taunting part of it where it's like just ignore it ignore that noise and don't don't feed into all of that um you know i i saw some people saying that you know they're like, they were kind of complimenting her on saving the promo because brit was kind of making some good points but once again same thing with mjf I think that that was on purpose because I think that the best heels always have a point, but they take it too far. So I don't think that it was anything wrong with the promo. I just think that we're still struggling to connect with Soraya because we haven't been really given a reason to other than the fact that she's had these issues and came back. They should have almost had her come back as a manager for a while, be or a commentator or something and then maybe get bullied as a commentator, kind of similar to the Austin Aries storyline, uh, back when he faced, um, was it Neville for the, 
uh, cruiserweight title, you know, back before he, they laughed. That was one of my favorite storylines. And that was just a minor, you know, side storyline for that cruiserweight title. That's what they probably should have done with Soraya is build her up in that form, not have her come out in the way that she did to make the save at, um, grand slam because it just all, all of a sudden it was very obvious that she was going to wrestle. Cause you wouldn't have her come out in that form if she wasn't going to, they should have sold it for six months or so, six to eight months where she's a commentator and she's just there because she wants to help coach the women. And then right. she gets bullied by Brit. And then it turns into her becoming a wrestler and getting cleared and all of that. I think that's the story they should have told with her. Well, I don't know what, what the fans remember about her style too. Like, I don't remember her as a wrestler really. And I didn't remember her as a Sasha Banks level wrestler. And that's what you would need to be to really sell this and make it special. And um, totally. oh, fuck, I can't wait to see this person come back and wrestle. Um, so I think that hurts her, the big timing of Brit, but it lands as big timing AEW. And like, I'm a superstar. Like she made the whole thing about superstar and it's like, yeah, but that's people hate superstar. You have a storyline about sports entertainers. Like you don't, yeah. you're not watching the fucking show. Mm-hmm. And then I think unfairly, like people do have such a, if you ever were naked online or if you ever did drugs and people knew about online, they'll never forgive you. And they think they're better than you. And there's a certain part of the fan base that is always going to be toxic and just weird because Mm -hmm. they think they know you in a way. And I don't know. I I think there's been a lot of her that is bled over into real life to places that are uncomfortable for fans or they think they're superior. Neither of which are true, perhaps. But I think those are things that you're behind the eight ball with that it's hard to recover. And I have a bad feeling, boy, that crowd's going to be brutal. And uh, at the pay-per-view because that's hardcore hardcores and that's a Eastern audience. And, Ooh, and I don't know if she's going to be able to like react appropriately. And if you don't react appropriately and lean into it, it's going to get Cody ish. Get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, the, the other aspect of it that I hated was the fact that she called, she did the whole, this is my house thing. I cited all the time. I cited all the time, but Jericho has the right recipe. You do something for a year or two. And then you never fucking say it again. Uh, same thing with when, you know, Hager made his debut in the second episode of uh, Dynamite. They're doing the promo and people are chanting, we the people, and he shit all over it and said, we're not doing that here. That's the yeah. same thing that they should have done with Soraya. It's, this, exactly. this is my house wasn't a good thing when she was in WWE. So I definitely don't Swerve's need house. it. Come on. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make any sense? Like, Too many owners. Why are yeah. you doing that catchphrase? I'd be like, if she's like, scissor me, like, no, someone's doing that already. Yeah. So Gotta that's, change. so that's, that's another thing that I think that she needs to just completely drop. Um, Chris, what was your cringe? Oh, this whole Jeff Jarrett shit. Jesus Christ. Why would you pick? Slap why nuts. would you, why would Jay lethal pick Jeff Jarrett? If he had a seven foot giant, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, it's just it's such a dumb well, story. He wants to be I fair. Want, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, not a good storyline. I mean, if if you did something where Darby injured him, maybe and like, oh, he had a legitimate MCL sprain or something or whatever, they work it in to make yeah. him reach out and grab Jeff Jarrett. Whatever, that's fine. But there was no reason for Jeff Jarrett to even go after Darby in the first place. Really, like I didn't see the point of that. I don't know. The whole storyline's goofy. Darby said he didn't want to bring in Sting at one point too, like in the beginning of whatever this new phase of his character was going to be. It's just a lot of it's it it feels very TNA ish. 
of like, oh my God, why are they doing this? Or like, oh, this is embarrassing to watch. Or it's, this is not the direction I want my favorite thing to go into. And that's the problem with bringing in Jeff Jarrett is he's synonymous for what? Why? And that's not what you want to have on TV. He could be a hell of a nice man and he could be really smart and give great advice. But his public persona is like, yeah, I don't know. Not not that guy. I, I didn't think about it until you, I, you wrote it in the the write up review for Dynamite, but that it doesn't make any sense to have Satnam Singh as your your heater, and then you pick Jeff Jarrett. The only thing I'll say is it was Lethal and Jarrett versus Ric Flair for Ric Flair's final match. So at least like they have a little recent history as a tag team or working together as bad guys. But it's not like they talked about that on AEW, and it still wouldn't make sense. I would, I would choose Satnam Singh to be my tag team partner over you two, even though I like you two more than Satnam Singh. Son of a bitch. I it's oh god, are they going to bring Rick out? Oof. I hope I hope the Andrade thing oh, ruined that relationship like yeah fully. I love um, Andrade and I hope he comes back, but if it means that Flair doesn't wrestle, that's kind of worth it for him to hit someone for him to be suspended yeah. so we don't get Rick dying on television. Yeah, it's yeah, it's worth it to me. Um my cringe of the week was Austin Theory cashing in on the US title and failing to do so. <laughs> Um, a lot of prestigious a, title. There's a lot of reasons there. First of all, it's the U.S. title. Second of all, uh, it was an open challenge. So why did you cash in your U.S. title on an open challenge? Like when Seth was already doing an open challenge, makes zero sense. And then Dumb. to fail on it. I mean, I don't love Austin Theory. I didn't even like him that much when we were seeing him in Evolve shows. You could tell that he was going to be a Vince guy one day, and it fully aligned. But at the, at, it just, it makes zero sense to me other than the fact that it says that maybe Triple H just doesn't believe in him and wanted to get that Money in the Bank title off of him. Or, yeah. But at that point, just give it to somebody else, have him put it on the line, and then somebody else can use it for, for their own good because, oh, I just, I don't know. It just makes zero sense. I, I couldn't get over the fact that he cashed in when there was an open challenge on the same night. What awful thinking. He could have gone and he could have used it on Braun Breaker and gone to NXT or something like at least do that. Of course, Triple H doesn't want maybe him near his baby, but. Or even just looks like an idiot. Come out out for the come out for the open challenge, lose in a nefarious way and then cash in. Like, why would you waste it on the open challenge when it's already an open challenge? Like you said, that's so dumb. Have they done that one before yet where like someone is in a match? And he loses or gets disqualified and then goes and cashes in. Have they tried that think, before? I don't no. think so. They, that that would have been perfect. That's Imagine so if simple. then he loses again. <laughs> yeah, no, and that would be funny too. But yeah, his just his his character's dead. Um mm-hmm. in terms of like he's that's gonna take a long time to rehab. Uh, and he looks stupid. It, it it it's a smart move because he wasn't a guy that deserves the briefcase with his positioning. So it's smart to get it off him and they just don't need to have that wafting around from uh, creating fresh storylines. But he looks like a goof and you really did make him look stupid. So, yeah, I don't know. It's me reading into things a little bit too far, but it almost felt to me like Triple H was like, Vince, you did this to so many of my guys over the last 
five to ten years of you know with the NXT golden era. I'm doing this to your boy. The old it probably carrying, wasn't that, but carrying cross. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh boy. No, but you, but you know what though? That's what's that's what's sad too is because now he looks like that, and that's not a totally. You know, you're not a flat earther for suggesting that. It doesn't. You know. Yeah, I'm a flat earther because of my beliefs, not because of that. <sighs> Just kidding. Uh, for all the listeners <laughs> at home. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, all right, let's move on to our anticipation. Uh, Sean, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to the House of Black return. Those vignettes have been very nice. Uh, I saw on Reddit today that it, it looks like those or sounds like those are um, the actor who played Pinhead from the old Hellraiser movies who was doing the voices of that. Pretty oh. cool. Interesting to see what will happen with the, the rebirth from soil, the sea, and the fire from all of them. Uh, can't wait to see Brody Lee or Brody Brody Lee Brody King back in action. That. Uh, it's a big boy that needs to be on TV a lot more. Yeah. My biggest thing is they need to actually do something. You know, how long were we just getting vignettes of them even when they were active? So true. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also just, this feels like basically May through August at this point. So hopefully we get to see them. Obviously it looks like we're getting the elite back uh, right at full gear. I'm, I'm assuming in some sort of a match for the trios titles that they never officially lost. Is it is that a nine man tag or do yeah, you know, does somebody win that and then House of Black comes and lays waste to them? Um, interested in what that looks like, but definitely excited. And I hope that Malachi gets the push that he deserves. It, yeah, that's a big surprise if it's going to be those three teams in a three way trios nine man thing. Um <laughs> It's almost like you almost don't want to do anything with House of Black and show any vignettes because then you can make that. I don't know, like one of Tony's little double surprises lights out. Do yeah, yeah. But God, that that that's something he can't do. He can't do the lights out. The lights out anymore. Peekaboo stuff. That's just lights too weird. (laughs) The lights go out and Julia Hart's just in the middle of the ring, like German suplexing everybody. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Chris, what's your anticipation? Well, I want to see if the elite are coming back. Um, I'm interested to see what the, uh, MJF promo is just these go home shows for the big pay-per-views are always a lot of fun and very exciting. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be some three-way match too with Wardlow and Samoa Joe and I guess Hobbs because he just stares at their direction. So therefore, he's a challenger now. <laughs> Why do we get rid of the rankings? God, you can solve problems. <laughs> like, just like, good God. But um, no, maybe they do like a big man freeway, which would be fantastic too. So uh, running out the card. Yeah, I think that it's, I'm excited for the card to kind of finalize. I really hope, like we're, we talk about how there's too many multi-man matches oftentimes, but I would love to see it be Wardlow versus Joe versus Hobbs there. I, I think that, you know, Joe as the kind of you know veteran in that matchup could really could really make that a really interesting match. And I'd love to see really all three of them win. Uh, ideally, Hobbs in that case for myself, I want to see Hobbs. him draped in gold. And uh, hopefully they fucking merge those two titles that Joe yeah, and I was gonna say, have. That's the hope, right? Also, I, I just want to say on that turn that Joe had, though, 
they made it so I mean, obviously they were like telling it they're showing it the weeks leading up, but the way that he was standing like right behind him for that entire time, like they made it so obvious the second Hobbs came out that Joe was gonna attack him for the title. I wish they would have at least been standing next to each other and then Joe kind of did the look at the title and attacked him just so it wasn't a thousand percent obvious. Yeah, totally. But they love a swerve. Uh, My anticipation is this match is going to be fucking insane. Trios match on Wednesday night, death triangle versus top flight in AR Fox. So we get a returning. uh, Is it Darius Martin? I believe. Sure. I believe so. Um, I know he was injured. He it sucked. He came back from an injury from wrestling, was back for like two months, then got injured, I believe, in a car accident right after that. Yeah. So he's just now coming back. Uh, and then they're tagging with AR Fox, who we've seen have every mo- insane type of match <laughs> at Evolve shows. We've seen his dog in a Tesla. Um Remember that was him, <laughs> that, that was him and his wife that just left their dog in a car that entire Evolve show. Oh, it, it, the temperature the was, AC was on. The AC was on and they had a note on the, uh, the Tesla screen or whatever on the Tesla screen. Oh, that that's said, right. My owner, yeah. my owner will be back shortly. Four hours later. <laughs> uh, but it was. Yes, it was completely air conditioned for the dog. So we'll give them that credit. Um, but I, I'm excited for that. AR Fox is somebody who I don't necessarily think needs to be a star anywhere, but he could absolutely be a good mid Carter to give somebody a fucking brutal match, a great feud. He's always, he's always going to deliver. I uh, would love to see him reunite with Leon Ruffin. They had some great matches as a tag team when we went back when we used to go to evolve shows as well. So, KOC. Knights of Columbus. We love that place. Greatest venue in Livonia, Michigan. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Three Oh four, whatever number. So that match <laughs> I'm expecting to see some wild shit and AR Fox knows uh, the Lucha brothers from his days at, in Lucha underground. So there should be some familiarity there. He has some great matches too. in Lucha underground with swerve Swerves. that I would love to see Kill shot. A, a rematch of that, that, that they had a crazy like death match style uh, there. That was insane. I would love to see that again. Does Air Fox still have like the juggalos at ringside with them that are like going around the ring, fake Roman reigns and yeah, like yeah, all that Leon Ruff. Yeah. No, well, those guys do do AEW Dark on occasion. So, oh, but they're not doing well... the thing where they go around but, in the ring and like, who? No, ooh, I think that was like, that was oh an my god only. I think, that was so awful. I think those in guys one, were all evolved guys. So, one extra loving fan in the crowd who would always. Oh, <laughs> yeah, her and her yeah. Kill Bill outfit. Um, some uh, <laughs> some rats need to get uh, eaten by the trap. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the extra things. There goes our, make- f- our first five star subscriber. <laughs> Bye. Oh, yeah. What's funny is I feel like we said enough that that person would be like, are they talking about me? They know. They know. No, it couldn't be me. <laughs> I'm fucking hot. Uh, so earlier we talked about uh, MJF making his kind of film debut. Would love to hear from you guys what kind of your favorite wrestler movie appearance is. Not counting The Rock, because at the point this point, The Rock is he's an actor that used to wrestle. C list actor, The Rock and two yeah, three. yeah. Cool. So classic uh, for me personally, I fucking love in Jingle All the Way 
uh, <laughs> Big Show working at that Santa fact that the the factory where they're just making fake uh, Turbo Man dolls dressed as Santa, and he, he everyone's Rails. fighting uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he just he steps up, takes his uh, you know his straps, and just goes, "I'm gonna deck your halls, bub." One of my favorite lines from any movie, oh. and uh, to this day a favorite for me. What? So I, I wanted to know if you guys have a, a whether it's a scene or an appearance or even you know something where it's like, hey, they're a supporting character, and I really liked that. Sean me, boy, me first. Um, it's tough. I mean, Big Daddy Cool has been in a plenty of movies that uh, were all fantastic. But Magic Mike. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> the uh, the remake of The Longest Yard had two two great wrestlers in it with kevin nash and stone cold steve austin just played the biggest dickhead uh police warden that's that was awesome and the Still great Kali was in that oh yeah that and goldberg that that movie had it all and adam goldberg sandler that was basically a wwe films movie practically practically but just man stone cold steve austin that movie really made you just think oh that's the same son of a bitch in the ring that that was great what about you chris uh, mine's Andre the Giant and Princess Bride. I mean, that was uh, uh, classic. the gold standard. Um, and then one that I loved as a kid, um, it was a shitty Leslie Nielsen parody movie. I think it was called like Wrongly Accused. And it was like a ripoff of like The Fugitive. And Hulk Hogan has a cameo when they do like a dumb gag where he's like, Leslie Nielsen is fighting someone and he like tags in Hogan and he gets... He starts wrestling and then Hogan gets beat up and he tags in a Hillary Clinton like <laughs> parody and she starts beating everyone up. And as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, wrestling and Hogan on a screen and it's a parody movie. Ah, just like so happy to see that. I think I forced my parents to see that. That's piece amazing. Of shit at like some one dollar mm. movie. <laughs> All right. One day, Patreon, there's going to be an episode where we watch along that. That's all. Yeah. So share. If you want to hear and see that, share this podcast with your friends and family. Five stars. Get them addicted to wrestling and get them subscribed to our Patreon when we eventually have one of those. <laughs> uh, some other news just kind of going around. 24 um, 7 title is dead. So uh, Nikki, Yay. I don't remember her name. Nikki Cross, Cross tried Cross. to throw it in the garbage, missed, but point was made that that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) that was fucking great that was intentional like okay that's me looking into things and that's me thinking you know yeah the coronavirus is just because the whole title was a whiff yeah yeah that was awesome i was like oh that's so fucking great i that like that was one of my like favorite mm. moments of this year of just how casually it didn't go in and just if kept M- walking. If MJF didn't cut that great promo, that would have been your moment of the week. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Close second. Uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. I saw that Dana Brooke tweeted that how upset she was at that title was uh, thrown away. And she was like, after, like I tried so hard to make that title mean something. And I couldn't tell if that was uh. a joke or if she was serious. Ooh. I think with Dana Brooke, I just uh, tend to believe that it was serious. Um, yeah. So if I did fall, if I ate the trash on that, that's my bad. But I'm glad to see it gone. It's 24-7 title or anything like that. Yeah. I want to get Some- Dana Brooke, Jeff Hardy, and Chris Jericho to write a comic book movie together. I'm sure it's going to be really highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> what a crew. 
Did you hear about Jericho's movie? He had the idea. Uh, oh, no, no. Give it to us. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. It was it was stiff. So it was like the pain maker and he's like a oh, I did serial killer and he like goes back in time and he kills people, but then he's not going to kill. It was kind of like Dexter. Literally but Dexter. Douchier. But worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but with it was, a bald it spot. It was Dexter if time Rob Zombie directed it. Yeah. Nice. That was so I, bad. I hope, I hope Sony has invested too much money in, all, in other ventures to throw him any money towards no AEW films. Could you imagine that pitch and Tony just has to stay there with like a straight face? Like, I got to go to oh, yeah. take a plane and watch soccer in England. Bear back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the uh, hell? Um, I saw some uh, things on social media about this, uh, but didn't really fully see the quote or anything. But Road Dog on Bret Hart saying, I didn't see what was so special about Bret. Uh, and I believe that I was a better sports entertainer. I being Road Dog. <laughs> uh, Chris, yeah. you, uh, I feel like you were probably the biggest fan in, in like kind of that 90s era. What's uh what's your take? How much better of a sports entertainer was Road Dog? Lay the facts. Um, <laughs> nah. Just <laughs> God, that was a cringe worthy take too. Um I mean, I think he has a point in the sense of like his care like sometimes it gets lost that it is entertainment and it's not just wrestling. But Bret Hart was so great at wrestling he became a great entertainer it's just a little bit of a confused hot take from a very confused man um i love how dax and the gun club goober worked in a spot where he did like the rogue dog shimmy though before and yeah. then like dax put into the sharpshooter that was oh. so fucking awesome um there's a great answer to that <laughs> yeah road dog is a guy that has a lot of opinions and he's, he's very close to bully Ray for me in terms of, Oh like, yeah. Wow. Because he also ran, he ran SmackDown live into the ground when he was doing the creative yeah. for it. That's when SmackDown live has been the worst and it's, you know, kind of existence since it went live again. So maybe, maybe less talking is, is more road dog. Um, Sean, you had uh, brought up to us Cena returning for WrestleMania 39 potentially, um, and potentially also Stone Cold Steve Austin. So let's we'll combine those two. What are your thoughts about either of them returning? But then the potential of those two, you know, having a duel. I'm so together. thankful that we were able to see Stone Cold this year in his original return to the ring because I'd be so sad if we missed it, and especially with Cena in the ring next year at WrestleMania. That's that'd be a crazy mashup of. of called generations of wrestling that's that's something everyone wants to see but it i think like we were saying earlier before we got on the recording it's just a couple of years past its time for those it two. is yeah it is but it's also one of those things where i'm glad that cena's not gonna beat a up-and-comer or same thing with like so Cold, the way that he beat kevin owens i'm completely fine with i thought that that was great but it's good that to have those two go against each other. You don't have to sacrifice a current superstar, but also at the same time, you can have Cena get another win because he, you know, the last few times he's come back, he's lost to Reigns, I believe, and potentially even Taker. somebody. Yeah. Great so, Wyatt. yeah. Mm. So it's kind of an inconsequential, but still exciting match. 
it would it would make me sad to say that we're not going to WrestleMania in LA, but that's about it. Chris, did you have anything to add to that? No, but that's the that is the reason why you would have a two night WrestleMania is to have like a night one where it's a throwback, um, feel good, big stars, old era shit. Like that's a great way to get people invested again and have people watching Peacock. Um, yeah, is it going to be a classic match? Is it way past its expiration date? Of course, but that's still a huge deal that will get people talking. And um, I'd, I'd love to see that though. Like it'd be fucking awesome. Like it was so cool oh, to yeah. see Austin in Texas. Cause that's oh, his like, gosh. that's his, you know, that native, place. native surrounding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just was so fitting and perfect. And for those that weren't there, it was one of the most surreal, loudest reactions Absolutely. to anyone. Totally. It was like Jesus coming back in the South or something. It was awesome. <laughs> that was, you know, I, especially the second night, I wasn't feeling great for during the show, but it helped me power through getting to see him hit the worst Stone Cold Stunner yeah. of all time Oof. on Vince. Even still. And, <laughs> Even still. Uh, yeah. So uh, and, I'm going to watch and that seeing, now. Seeing uh, Pat McAfee on the ground, just like chugging beers, passed out from a, <laughs> passed out from a <laughs> stunner. It was great. That's us. That's us in Philly in two years. Absolutely. Uh, and then speaking of Stone Cold's match uh, at WrestleMania, Kevin Owens looks like he sprained his MCL at a house show. That's the danger of the house shows, right? And bringing that back is, you know, it's more potential to get hurt. Obviously, it's also more potential to kind of keep from being rusty if you're not being on television, things like that. I don't know how how bad is an MCL sprain in terms of return because it's not like he tore it or anything like that. So I don't. You know, is that, a, is that a long term yeah. thing? <laughs> Tons of athletic trainers in the building. Sean, weren't but, you weren't you like freshman year going to be in an for, athletic uh, trainer? Two semesters, I was in athletic training school. Yeah, I can so tell you where your assertions. Yeah, this is definitely uh, up there in the the severeness. No, um, but at least it's just a sprain. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's going to mean some some weeks off or probably not even doing the the house show touring. So hopefully it gets better soon. At this probably kind of. Sets, I don't know what the plan was for him for Survivor Series, but probably kind of sets him off the the big main event or anything. I saw Dr. this Chris? on, um, yeah, I saw it on, someone had a Twitter post of all of uh, WWE's injuries, and they have so much fucking talent out. So their build to, you know, WrestleMania is going to be incredible once everyone comes back. Like, they have the potential to have a really, really special run mm-hmm. from rumble to mania uh, with who's going to be coming back with cody whatever's going on with kevin owens logan paul i can't believe i'm fucking saying that but that's <laughs> the thing like it's gonna be good Not wrong. Like, him and seth rollins could put on a match rollins seth rollins seth, seth rollins seth that feels rollins, that feels rollins, like the same you should get the same punishment the for the <laughs> for the brian danielson rule for that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you fred durst his pronunciation you have to <laughs> Back the fuck up. Well, let's keep it rolling. Um, The last (laughs) thing that I have is, uh, unfortunately, uh, Chris will not be able to attend this, but uh, Sean and I will be taking two out of the three first ladies of uh, Wrestling Elitist to a SmackDown Live show in January. Very excited for that. This has been my dream since I was in sixth grade, was to go on a date, double date, uh, (laughs) with my one of my best friends to a wrestling show. So finally get to live out that dream and uh very oh. excited has has uh your better half ever been to a wrestling show before sean 
Uh, no, she, I, I did her a favor and did not let her come to that GCW show with my family. Um, kind. So this will be the first for her. And boy, well, I'll tell you, our, our ladies are lucky this is not an AEW show because there'd be too much live scissoring oh, there'd for be them to a handle, lot. probably. There'd be an aggressive so, amount of scissoring at an AEW show. We'll probably still do it a little bit uh, I'm at sure. SmackDown Live, um, especially if we see some friends of the pod. It's just how you greet each other as wrestling fans. So if you're a listener and you'll be there, please uh, let us know. Be happy to uh, meet and greet and scissor you and do all of those types of things. Sign your shirt, whatever you want. What's the date Absolutely. of the show? January 20th. January 20th. Ooh, you have until man. Friday to tell me if you want me to buy you a ticket. Yeah. Um, what Come if on, I da- bring the baby? Come on, Daddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't even cut it. Just bring it. Yeah, just bring him. <laughs> that would be to yeah. Amy. <laughs> uh, well, I I'm excited for it, and I'm sure we'll have some sort of content around uh, on the po- on the podcast as well as on the website some, once that does happen. Some good getting their IG videos, getting their come. getting their reactions. I'm excited for them to see, especially Sean. I think Sean and his element at a wrestling show. Uh, it's the same way I feel like a wedding gets me, I can't go to a wedding and not just have a fucking blast, get probably too drunk. And uh, (laughs) I feel like that's, that's Sean at a wrestling show. It's been a while. It's been a while. Sean goes through phases. He, you know, you can, you can just watch him going through it. So I come back with two beers in my hands, you know, it's, it's coming. There's (laughs) a kid in one of WrestleMania. If there's children in front of us, oh boy, they better not have signs. (laughs) Yeah, or they better be cheering for the right people. That's that's right. That's right. They better appreciate well, and acknowledge. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, once again, we want to thank everybody for uh, listening and, and sharing the podcast, sharing our articles. I think we've had over the last few weeks when it comes to our things that we've shared on Instagram, um, we've gotten some great responses and, and hoping to continue that. Um, once again, uh, please make sure you're visiting our website, wrestlingelitist.com for our latest match reviews and articles. We'll be doing some sort of extra bonus content this week as well, gearing up for full gear this week. And um, if you have uh, any questions that you ever want us to answer on the podcast, please feel free to send them to us, finding us on our contact page at wrestlingelitist.com. Rick Rude, hit the music. Hit the music.